Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Dick Sporting Goods Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. With us today, first time on the program, is Asia Mape, founder of I Love to Watch You Play.com, helping sports parents raise happy, healthy, successful athletes. Asia, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Marcus. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk about us. And the reason why we have Asia on is not only is it a wonderful website uh, that they have going and a wonderful uh, uh, organization that they have giving parents tips on, on, on how to be better when it comes to raising these young athletes. Um, she had an article recently that she posted about, and we wanted to kind of go into that article because uh, I know it was very near and dear to her heart. And and sort of as a sports parent, it's always that day that we kind of dread to an extent, uh, the day that your, your child decides to not play sports anymore after they've been playing for so long. Uh, but before we jump into that, uh, for those people that are not familiar with you or your organization, can you bring Briefly tell us about you and the organization. Sure. Um, you know, I love to watch you play was founded in 2015. And at that point, I had three of my own daughters all involved in sports. They were all pretty young at that point. Um, but prior to that, you know, I was an athlete. I grew up playing sports. I played basketball in college. I worked in sports television for many, many years. Um, and so I thought I really kind of had a good handle on you know, what it would take to be a good parent, a good, a good sports parent. I thought I, I kind of had it figured out. And, and in 2015, a friend of mine, um, she was also working in sports television. She said, you know, this youth sports thing is kind of crazy. We should do something around this, like create some content. And we really did it as a passion project um, to begin with. And what I've really found, Marcus, and I mean, thank goodness that we did it because I have learned and grown probably more than anyone else through this process. I, I, I'm so happy and grateful when I hear that people have learned something or think about things differently when they read our articles. But um, really for me and my relationship and particularly that article you're, you're referring to, um, I wouldn't be here right now in this place with a good relationship with my daughter if I wouldn't have started the website and really dug into you know, what are the good things parents can do and what we can do that can really mess up not just their own sporting careers, but our relationships with them. Absolutely. I, you know, as you were talking there, it just resonated with me so much because when they first started out, I thought I had a pretty good handle on things. And mm -hmm. then as things went on, I found it wasn't a great relationship that I had with my daughter. And then as she, you know, ended up going to play soccer in college, um, that relationship got better as she got older, older, uh, probably last year of, of high school uh, into her college career, it became uh, more supportive than anything else, as opposed mm -hmm. to being that parent. Um, let's talk about that article. The article uh, was titled, My Daughter Quit Sports, and this is what youth sports parents need to know. Can you give us just a quick overview of what that article was about? Yeah, you know, that article was a long time coming. I had been 
my daughter quit. It's been several years now. And I just, I didn't, I wasn't in the headspace to write it. I think that's how painful of a process it really was. And, and not really the, the painful part is not that she quit sports. The painful part is sort of what it did to our relationship and what it did to her. You know, I think um, she was a water polo player. Uh, it's a grueling, grueling sport. She loved it at first. She you know, as I put in that article, she wanted to play in college. She wanted to play on the national team. She was doing all these camps and ODP and all these things. And at some point it changed for her. And, you know, she was kind of in a, a school. She We went there for water polo. You know, you do all these things leading up to this, to like the eventual, you know, they won a CIF championship, but okay, you're like, okay, why are we doing all this? And you start to think, okay, well, she's almost to college. She can use it to get into college. She can use it. For, and I think when you start to like forget what it's really all about and you get caught up in pushing them and, you know, you just lose sight of them as this little, this little person that is maybe not wanting to play anymore. And, you know, I, I wrote about it in there and I've just recently wrote about it again that there was a TikTok I saw by a kid who like posted something funny. He was trying to be funny about the ride home with his car, uh, in the car with his dad. Marcus, there were 15,000 comments from young kids talking about how they are forced to play sports. And, and when I say forced, look, I think for the most part, most people would have thought I was a pretty mellow sports parent. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't screaming at her in the car. I wasn't doing all these things, but I, there was this pressure, right? This like the narrative around how you speak to them at home. And so it doesn't have to be this outwardly, I was a horrible parent, but it's like, oh, you should get to bed. You need to eat this. You need to do this. You need to do that. Well, you didn't go to training today. It's like, it's all in our messages of how we're constantly talking to them about what is important about their sport and what it, what it like should lead to or what they need to be doing. And, you know, the truth is until they really take that journey as their own, which she decided she wanted to be an artist. And that was the other thing, like there's, there's more factors. I focused on that and that article really on what parents kept control over, right? I didn't want to spend a lot of time. She's an artist. She was too tired to do art at night because water polo was so much. There's always like a lot of reasons. But in that article, I really picked the three, I think three or five things that really stuck out to me that I did wrong, that I could have, sports are so good for kids. I mean, so good. And we forget the reasons they need to be playing them is for the character, the grit, the like teammates learning to get along with people. And when we get caught up in all these other things, and we don't like just let them sort of control their journey. We really lose sight of what it's all about. And so I really wanted to write that article to help other parents keep their kids in sports longer. And also, by the way, there's nothing shameful about quitting their sport. And as some people have commented, it's not quitting something like you find another interest. Like we have such a stigma around it too. And I hope that, you know, also people realize that when they're ready to do something else, not to like, you know, ever sort of dissuade them against that or keep them from it. Now, I, I do want to say though, Marcus, like as they're going through, and that's what's what's crazy about sports is that there's so much gray, right? Because as they're going through this, there are going to be times that kids want to quit sports. They want to do something else. They want to try something else. And there is nothing wrong with trying to keep them 
sort of like talking through what it, what are the pros, what are the cons? Let's like, like his interests change day and night, whatever. I'm not saying that you don't sort of help guide them and talk to them, but when they're really ready and they've really thought about it hard and it's ongoing and it's affecting their mental health, you have to listen, you have to let them make a change. You have to be like that person that's their support system instead of the person that they're fearing to tell, like all those TikToks. Um, and oh, so and I really feel passionate about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and you bring up such a, and you bring up a great point. And this is one of the things we're going to touch on a couple of the different points that you brought up in the article. Um, and I know that I didn't do this as a sports parent until later on. You mentioned that we sometimes don't really listen to our kid. Can you explain that? Yeah. Well, in that article, I reference a funny, like little event that happened when my daughter was five years old. She said, mom, I'm not an athlete. I'm an, um, an actor or something. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, grab the basketball. You know, <laughs> I was like, that's so funny how she says that. In the back of my mind, that, that did register with me. And I think there's things all along the way that we're sort of pushing down. And as I write in that article, I worked in sports. I was an athlete. Um, my daughter's father played volleyball in college at University of Hawaii. He was an athlete. He worked in sports. Our sports was our life. We watched sports, we played sports, you know, I mean, we have other interests, but like sports was a big part of it. And so when you're born into that, right, you're just like, I mean, she was trying to tell me at five years old, but even as they get older, I think when they're trying to tell you and they're so, and you read those comments in that TikTok, it's truly heartbreaking. They, they want to be able to talk to us and they know how much like, we are going to be upset or how much, you know, they're not going to be able to have like this soft landing when they say this information that they don't want to play anymore, that they want to change or they want to cut back or they want to try a new sport. And so we end up really sort of like closing them off to deal with all these feelings on their own and where we, where we should actually be helping them and supporting them through it. And again, I'm not saying like every time the wind blows, they want to quit. Like, yeah, try that, whatever. But like help them, you know, really sort of see what um, what their strengths are. What like I, I remember reading somewhere if if they don't want to play that instrument, maybe try another instrument. If they don't want to play that sport, wait, wait the season, try another sport. Like you're not you're not just stopping everything. You're trying to help them find their passion. I think so often, and I know you're all about soccer, but so often we start our kids in soccer and t-ball. And wow, 10 years later, they don't like it. Well, you know what? Did you ever try water polo or did you ever try this or did you ever try that? I mean, there's a lot of amazing sports out there that, you know, sometimes it's just the wrong fit for their personality, for their body type or whatever, you know, the amount of training days, like you have to work with them and find, or, or like mine, she wanted to do art way more than she wanted to play sports. And, and and I I completely understand that my son played soccer through the age of ten, and it wasn't his thing. He didn't enjoy it. He dreaded having to go to practice and go to games, and um and finally we put him in a program, swim program, and he ended up swimming <laughs> in college, and that was and and it was yeah. and it was and it was funny because the the reason that he gave was he got tired at ten of people taking the ball away from him and he couldn't do what he wanted to do with it. Swimming, he was in his own lane. He controlled his own. He was, it was more controllable for him. And I think that was a big part uh, of why he wanted to switch over. 
And you bring up such a great point in your explanation there, talking about the difference between support and pressure. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, us as parents, we need to support more and pressure less. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I love talking about that because I think it's so important and it's really tricky. Okay. Cause every family and every kid, it's going to be a little bit different, right? I, I know, I know kids that love their parents sort of like pushing them and guiding them and they really want that engagement and they're so focused on their, their own sport, you know, and for some, you know, it's, it's the complete opposite. So finding what your fine line is, but I think as parents, we do know when we're crossing that, right? Like, you know, I think um, we can tell ourselves that we're being supportive, that we're doing it for them, that we're helping them. But deep down, I think we do always know when we're crossing over that line. And it's really important because, I mean, once you cross that line, and I write about this a lot, it's really hard to come back. They know that your intentions, and I don't want to say aren't good, because honestly, I think all parents have good intentions for the most part. And I think we really do. We love our kids. We really want to see them succeed. We want to see them happy. And we just get sort of confused and lost in trying to figure out what that is, particularly, <clears throat> excuse me, around youth sports. And it's not necessarily that we're so caught up in it or we like are living through them. It's like we see doors will open if they continue to do this and they're good. We see like the benefits in different ways. I think we really do usually have great intentions. We just get a little bit lost. And when we cross that line, I mean, it's really hard to come back from. And um, my oldest daughter and I are, are still repairing some of those wounds. They see it. They know it. They feel it. That's why those all those comments on that TikTok. They don't feel supported. They feel pressured. And it can be really slight things, just the way you're saying things, just how much you're talking about your sport, just the constant like putting sport ahead of school, putting sport ahead of family. You know, I think as parents, we have a lot of power and a lot of control over that sort of dialogue and narrative in our home. And again, I love sports. I think the value of sports are, are incredible. And so I want kids playing sports. So it's not about like, you know, don't play sports or whatever, but it's really about balance and making sure that you're supporting your kid in what's right for them. And they're all different. So you have to figure that out yourself. Yeah. It's their journey. It's not our journey as parents. And I know my son uh, came back after his freshman year of college swimming and he said, dad, he, and I, I know this was a hard conversation for him to have because he felt like he was going to disappoint me. And mm -hmm. he said, you know, he, he's a chemistry major. And he said, I can't do chemistry and I can't swim at this level mm -hmm. at the same time. And he said, I just can't do it. He said, and he jokingly said, especially in a sport that encourages me not to breathe. He said, I, I, I can't do both anymore. And he said, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I think you just pretty much have said it. You know, he's like, but I've done this since I was 10. He said, this mm -hmm. has been a big part of my life. You know, I'm afraid to let it go. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I said, but chemistry is now your thing. And I said, you know, that's going to be what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. I said, you may swim. I said, but, you know, it may be casually, it may be whatever, but 
Um, you know, I said, you're not going to be swimming at a competitive level much longer. So it's, a, you know, and that's where the support comes in from the parents to make sure that they're communicating that to their parents. hundred percent. And you know what, Marcus, I have a daughter who plays soccer and she's going to play at a D1 school next year. And I feel like the moment I sort of got those lessons from my oldest daughter and pulled back, the more times I said, make your own choice what's best for you, don't go, the more she wanted to go, the more she wanted, like they, when they can own it, it's so much more like they want it more. And so it was really, it's really been interesting to see the two very different paths and, and they're different kids. And again, like I said, one really, my oldest was really interested in art as, as well, but I do think I could see it like her whole, her whole relationship with her sport changing when I got out of the middle of it. Um, and there's also a maturity thing. You know, I think that when people have younger kids, you know, they may not have that same discipline of wanting to go run all the time and doing all these things to support, but it can come and it, and it will come. And, you know, supporting them through that and letting them, sometimes they have to go try another sport or they have to take a week off or a season off. And I've seen so many times that they come back from that and they're that much better for it, but you have to allow them that space. Um, or it's, or it's going to be bad for them and bad for your relationship. I agree. You know, one thing that I really, it drives me crazy when I hear this, and this goes into our next point. Uh, we're talking with Asia Mape, uh, founder of I love to watch you play.com. Um, I hear a parent on the sideline, you have to play like you want it. And this drives me crazy <laughs> when I hear this. Um, talk to us when it comes to, nagging our athletes when it comes to their quote-unquote effort effort <laughs> effort oh, I, I wish I could have like my oldest daughter just pop in for a cameo here because I can't tell you how many times we were talking to her about this and there's it's there's two things at play here right um, the one that I bring up in that article which is really just I feel so strongly about that in our grown-up ways how many times our energy ebbs and flows depending on our life situation if you know you're happy at work if there's a fight with your boss if there's something going on with your kids whatever you get on your workout it's up it's down what did you eat how did you sleep and then for some reason we forget all about that and when we watch our kids play expect them to always be at their best giving a hundred percent top of their game and we just don't we I mean I did it all the time we just completely forget that there are these young people going through so many changes in their bodies in their minds so many ups and downs at their school day their sports you know and then they get out the worst thing is they get off the field and we like or, or while they're on the field we're yelling at them about this as if they didn't already feel bad enough about what was happening and look, I can be hard about this. I, I have, it is a work in progress. I like, I, it is something that I think it's not like someone asked me one time, well, how did you figure that out? Or what did you do? Like, it's a every day when you're watching to be positive and supportive because you know how good your kids can be. We watch them with our binoculars, you know, and you want them to like, you know, do their best or whatever, but we have to back off because it's just, it's an impossible task and an impossible ask. 
And if you only put yourself in those shoes, I think pretty quickly you realize and can think, yeah, that's crazy to be expecting that all the time. You know, my aha moment came when, um, as a coach, I used to be my daughter's coach and she used to jokingly say, you can't hurt my feelings. My dad has been my coach. Um, <laughs> and I started taping our sessions and then I started seeing it in me and started to see those behaviors. It was amazing mm -hmm. what you catch on, on tape from situations like that. And I always encourage coaches to tape their sessions, not even necessarily just for what goes on in the session, but how do you interact with your kids? How do you interact with the team yeah. and the parents and things along that lines? What's your verbal communication? I mean, your nonverbal communication. Oh What's yeah. Body language was huge. Like? Yeah. Yeah. Are they looking up? You know, kids are looking on the sidelines all the time, especially in soccer games when you're right there. They see that face you're making when, you know, it's like, we need to be like this soft, welcoming, supportive person on the side and not like, you know, they're going to have to hear it from their coach, their teammates and come off the field and hear it from us. We're, it's just really misguided. And again, I am not perfect in this area. And it's something, it's something I work with all the time. And I think it's really about creating a little space. Like as soon as you can kind of see that in yourself, you feel yourself going down that path, recognizing it, taking a breath, giving it some space. It's just an ongoing sort of work in progress. Yeah, I never ever thought that parents were uh, ill-willed in anything that they do for the most part. Uh, it was just kind of misguided energy that they have and just, yep. you know, things I that you know, they don't quite understand sometimes. And maybe if they looked at it from a different perspective, it would make a little bit more sense. As we kind of wrap up things up here on the podcast, if you just had one simple piece of advice for parents when it comes to their young athletes, what would that one piece of advice be? Um, I mean, definitely play with them and have fun. I think that I, I was really busy kind of creating good athletes in my mind. Um, and I think I, I missed out on incredible opportunities. And I think that I really had a lot of catch up to do once I sort of figured it out. But until they're 13, 14 years old and have really committed to like wanting to do something maybe down the line with it you got to just let them have fun. You got to love them, hug them, support them, play with them when they want to play. I was busy working. Oh no, that's not the right angle to hold your shot. Yeah. It's like, it's just nonsense. And, and when I look and I see parents um, at the park all the time, when I'm walking my dogs, it just, it makes my heart break a little because I think to myself, those kids probably aren't going to make it because at eight, their kids, their, their parents are already out there having them run drills and with the trainer and this and that. And, and I was that parent. And so, you know, it took, it took my oldest to help me figure that out, but um, hopefully I get it right with my, um, my younger two. And I continue to work on it all the time. Um, and lastly, of course, just say, I love to watch you play. That's all you need to do. Yep. I use that a lot. I use that a lot. Good. Um, where can people find out more about I love to watch you play.com? Obviously the website, but I mean, where are you on social media, that kind of thing? Yeah. The website is where all the blogs get published. Um, where Facebook is very active. There's a pretty good community on there. Um, always talking about different things and that's that I love to watch you play on Facebook. We have Instagram, I L T W Y P. Um, all of that is on, you can attach, you can get from the blog. We're on Twitter and um, 
Pinterest. I mean, everything pretty much. I'm just starting up on TikTok, trying to figure it out. It's pretty are you funny. are you brushing up on your dancing skills? Yeah, right. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what kind of content is is uh, good for people on TikTok. But apparently, 30 or 40 percent of parents and older people are on there, so we're reaching them everywhere we can. I know. I hate to admit it. There's sometimes I really go down the rabbit hole when it comes to TikTok. I'll look up, and two hours later, I'll be on oh, my word. <laughs> So I'm I'm one of it those. It happens to the best of us. Oh, and Mark, it's the newsletter. I'm doing a, a weekly newsletter. And so if you click on a blog or on the website, you can sign up on for the newsletter. And then you'll just get like three things easy peasy in your mailbox. So it doesn't take up too much time because I do understand the plight of a youth sports parent. Absolutely. Asia Mape, uh, founder of I Love to Watch You Play.com, helping sports parents raise happy, healthy, successful athletes. Thank you so much for coming on the program. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Marcus. I, I had a good time. Awesome. And we thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you provided some valuable information today. And if we did, make sure you let everybody that you know about the program. Follow us on our social media channels, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just reach out to us at WV Soccer. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.